Yeah, that's not a bad. Uh, you know, and I did no, I did a a deep, deep dive, deep, deep. So you got to use the uh, the term that seems to be popular nowadays about when you're doing some uh, research, etc. I'll say this: I did a deep dive into the couch and watched a you. lot of college football on Saturday and a, a decent amount of NFL Sunday, but not all. I of watched it. a little bit on Sunday night, and yeah. then I watched. The first half with my game board in front of me, et cetera, because obviously the Jaguars getting ready to play the Seattle Seahawks. And so was able to watch that game with uh, my little cheat sheet in front of me and to just kind of make some notes. And, and now I've got the game right here uh, beside me watching it again so you can rewatch and do the, the deep understanding or the research, yeah, you know, sure. on, on the, the intricacies of the Seattle Seahawks. So it's all good. It's going to be an interesting week. Going out to Seattle always is. The Jaguars historically have not fared well out on the West Coast. We know the numbers there. They're, they're not great at all. As, as the West Coast teams typically don't perform well on the East Coast. I yeah. mean, I think that's kind of – it works both ways. And I will say, JP, that the, the Microsoft surfaces of today might be the greatest invention ever for deer hunting. Is this an ad? No, seriously. Okay. I, the reason I say that is because you can take this thing to a deer stand and – you can be watching game film at the same time while you're hunting. Isn't that amazing? Uh, Technology is grand. I'll say that. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. You can, uh, you know, take your eyes off of, you know, the Seahawks offense and look up and there's Bambi walking right, right in front exactly. of the stand. That's really great. It's awesome. Not good for Bambi, but good for you. Well, it's actually good for Bambi because it's a distraction. So it uh, <laughs> keeps you away from it. So looking forward to that game. You know, it's a, a apparently the I've never been to Seattle, never been to the stadium. What? But the scene's incredible. You've never like. been to Seattle? Never been to Seattle, no. Wow. No. It's um, uh, it, I will say it's a really cool stadium. Seattle, the city itself, uh, I think is uh, – can be good, it can be bad. I know that uh, there are some positives and some negatives, which I don't really want to go into, but the stadium itself is beautiful. Oh, and, yeah, right downtown, right? The noise level of, what is it called now? Lumen Field. Lumen Field. Uh, I don't remember exactly. It's, there's been so many different names, right. I guess. CenturyLink. Yeah, yeah everything kind of has a lot of names when it comes to stadiums. But, but they built this in mind with the, um, the decibels and everything in mind. It is, it is a cool stadium, and it is incredibly loud. I mean, their fan base is, uh, is, you know, for years, the loudest outdoor place to play in was always the Buffalo Bills. And that's, you know, kind of going back to when they were in their heyday with Marv Levy and Jim Kelly and, and Bruce Smith, and, and I was actually a player back then. I mean, that place was incredibly loud. And then you go and you go to a game in Seattle when Seattle got good, and now with Pete Carroll and they're mm-hmm. historically good, it seems like. That place rivals Buffalo in their heyday and maybe even surpasses it. I mean, that's a that's a strong, strong uh, fan base that is in Seattle, and they are passionate, incredibly passionate. Plenty more on that game coming up a little later in Jaguars Happy Hour today. Let's hear from head coach Urban Meyer. He spoke with the media on Monday in a press conference, and you know what? No more excuses moving ahead for the offense or for the young quarterback. And that's another reason why I signed a guy like Marvin Jones and some older players. You know, I felt good about our offense line because you had a couple of veterans in there that I would learn from. But just the how, when you start saying how many reps in practice you get compared to the college life, and yet you still have these unforced errors that we're making. So I feel good about the second run we're going to go on here, about just the efficiency and 
now we've been in the system for a while. Now we, you know, the excuse of a new system, the excuse of a young quarterback, that's all gone because our young quarterback's playing pretty good. Yes, he is, Urban. In fact, playing uh, better over the last few weeks. The numbers have gone up. The, uh, the rating has gone up. Everything's improving for him. The offense, as the weeks have gone along, has felt better also. And the new is gone. Here they are. It's, it's a third of the way through the season, Logs. Uh, there's no more new. Well, just, I mean, just a couple little stats to kind of back up what you're saying and, and what Urban talked about last week. They had like almost 400 yards of offense. I mean, that's pretty good. That's tremendous. Yeah. And Trevor's numbers from the first three weeks of the season compared to the next block of three games, so weeks one to three and then weeks four to six, if you do a look at those numbers, the touchdown-to-interception ratio obviously is a big difference in the first three games. He ended up having five touchdown passes, seven interceptions. The last three games, he only has two touchdown passes but only one interception. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of flipped – the touchdown-to-interception ratio in the first three weeks to the second three weeks. The completion percentage jumped 12 percentage points. That's good. First three weeks to the That's second positive. three weeks. Okay, weeks yeah. one, three, four, six. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the yards per attempt went up two and a half yards about. And then the rating went up 33 and a half points. That's good. I mean, that, that, that's significant improvement. And, that, I mean, that's tangible. Because I think for many weeks, a lot of people were saying, you know, he just feels like he's playing better, et cetera. Well, that, the, numbers the numbers don't lie. Yeah, that's right. And the numbers are significant, and he's coming off of what was a tremendous game as rating this past game in London, which, oh, by the way, he was the first rookie to ever win in London. Yes, he was. 319 yards passing. It was 25 of 41, but there was probably about three drops and two balls that the receiver should have worked back to him. So he should have been 30-plus for 41. For 370 yards, but he still had a rating of a 93.4. I mean, that's that's really good, really good. So, all right, we're I don't want to take anything away from Trevor's performance personally. How much of it is Trevor making proper decisions? How much of it is the offense, as it's been called the last few weeks, to maybe help him out, get him a little more comfortable, run the ball a little bit more with Robinson in key moments, or run the ball later in the game. Is there is it a balance there of those two things? Well, I think, yeah, I think it's a balance. I think the execution has to be better, and then I think also the coaching gets better. Yeah. They get more comfortable with, with calling plays that I think fit him. And you know, in the first couple of weeks of the season, they weren't really running a whole lot of that read option type look stuff. Not they, at all. Exactly. And they increased some of that. And that, you could see, kind of helped some of the productivity with Trevor. But they're doing it without having him run the ball a ton, in the, especially in this past game at London, which is good because you don't want to overexpose him to the run. You know, and look, he, he ran the ball a ton at Clemson. But you can't have him doing that at the pro level. He won't last long. CRG3, by the way, yeah. if you're looking for evidence yeah, of that. Sure. Okay. I think he got hurt against the Jaguars, actually. Lam- Lamar Jackson's yeah. of the world, I mean, there's not many that are like Lamar Jackson. You know, so And Trevor is not Lamar Jackson, nor will he ever be. He's athletic and he's a capable runner, but he's not a Michael Vick slash Lamar no. Jackson. So let's, no, no. you know, just – He's what he is now. He's what he is. This is perfect. And, and, I, and, and I, give them, I give the coaching staff credit seriously on this, okay, because they have showed an incredible amount of restraint 
because here's the reality. If you're a coaching staff and you're getting criticized and you're not winning games, what's the urge? What's the natural urge? Okay, let's run the quarterback some. (laughs) It'll make us better. Okay, but they've resisted that urge. And and a lot of people say, well, they shouldn't have resisted it. No, absolutely, they should. You, You can't let Trevor Lawrence grow and and in a system that requires him to run that's not what he is that's not that's not what you want him to be at the NFL he needs to be an NFL quarterback this is this is no longer college yeah the the running thing is a short-term vision the long-term grand vision is him to stand back there and and deal the ball out to everybody else there are guys in the NFL that will hit you to that, that when you get hit, your family feel it. Your entire family will feel it. Okay, in college football, you might have a guy or two every week that might be able to do that. But in the NFL, they, they are going to make you and your family feel it. That's right. And, I mean, they, there's a term and I won't use it, but it's a grown type of man. Okay, what they call Why don't you use that? Grown That's okay. Grown blank man. Okay. Okay, got that it. can hit you. Yes. Okay. And you don't want Trevor getting hit like that. And no, uh but don't. I seriously what has impressed me the most about him is I mean the numbers yes. I mean that that is impressive. But this week and, I, and I'm going to show this on Jaguars All Access is his relationship with guys that he's worked with, you can tell it's there. Last week I showed how he his pocket presence was just tremendous, and it really was. I mean, it was, it was so good and well on display against the Miami Dolphins because Miami brought a lot of pressure. So there was a lot of opportunity for him to operate that presence, so to speak, and he did and did it to a T. And the more he works with people – Week in, week out, season in, season out, year in, year out, like what Tom Brady's had the benefit mm-hmm. of doing, and he works incredibly hard in the offseason. Trevor Lawrence is going to have that type of chemistry that he has with Marvin Jones Jr. with, with a few guys, and, and hopefully guys that are have a, immensely talented guys that have vertical speed and all that kind of stuff so that this offense continues to get better. It takes time to build that, though. Not going to happen overnight. Yeah, I mean, look – uh, it, it you know it's just an off like season or two really and we'll get this to, to yeah. at some point but look just like the defense you, know, you want to see rapid improvement out of the defense and see them do better affecting the quarterback because I mean opposing quarterbacks are are having great success against the Jaguars defense but look you just you you fixed the run defense from last year to this year last year they were one of the worst teams in the league against the run and now if you look at like per yards or yards per rush allowed they're one of the best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. And they're about middle of the pack as far as overall yards rushing game uh, per game allowed, but you can't you can't address everything in one off season, and it takes more than one draft to get impact players. And in due time, they will get that. They're going to have that opportunity. You know, they obviously have to take advantage of the opportunity. Logs, when we come back, we'll go to defense and see what you found in the bye week. We can do that. I'm sure you found something in the bye week. I, and, and I'm continuing to find stuff all the time, JP. I'm, oh. I'm doing my deep research. I like that. And we're going to get some answers. When we come back on the defensive side of the football, 
We are off and running on a Tuesday. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. I think we went into the uh, into the, the storm thinking that we're going to be playing via uh, a very high percentage of man coverage. And we, we, we figured out quickly that we're going to have to mix in a lot of zone. And then that's where you say, okay, the number of reps you have to get the team ready to play that zone cover. You can't say, okay, let's play, but go play zone. So that bye week was good. We spent some time on that, the combination of both. Uh, that's the biggest thing on defense. And then the flat MAs, you know, there's four times we just turned a guy loose in man coverage because of bunch routes, pick routes, or whatever. And, and you're talking about four times that in those goal games that were really close. So I, I see this, I, I, I really like where we're headed in defense, but we need to start seeing it. That's Urban Meyer Monday, and welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. MAs are missed assignments, by the way. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. MAs, MEs, it's, uh, it's kind of the That's same thing. Mental errors. Mental errors. And uh, we used to have a fine pot for oh, that. Really? Oh, yeah. What was the fine? Like 100 bucks? Well, we had, we had actually a grand very large oh. fine system. Oh, my goodness. And typically in the NFL, and you'll have this, it'll be in a meeting room. You might have a defensive pot. Yeah. When I say pot, you know, like a yeah, kitty yeah, like where a, like if, a, you, if yeah. you have and, – and here's finable offenses, okay? <laughs> um, mental errors. Right. Loafs. Loafer. Missed tackles. Nobody likes those. Um uh, late for meetings, yeah. et cetera. And so and these, this is outside of the, you know, this is, the this fine, is not, this is not like team, a fine by the team. The team wouldn't take it out of your check. No, this no, no, is no, no. This is, this is, this is internal. This is JP, handling it internally. This is me, you and Joe and Reber. And yeah. we're all defensive linemen, broadcasters. And, and we, let's say you loaf for a show. We could find you a hundred dollars. Yeah. It goes in the kitty. Exactly. But it doesn't come out of my paycheck. I have to put cash in. Okay. So it's after so tax. It's a double fine. It's after basically. tax dollars. Wow. Okay. That's worse. Ca- cash has to be put in. So, Ooh. so you get there's a like for example, if you have a loaf. This is back in my day, which the fines were obviously <laughs> much cheaper than probably what they are now. I'm guessing so. But if you had like a loaf in practice, it would be let's say ten bucks. Mm-hmm. But in a game, it would be it would be double. It'd be twenty, maybe even more. Yes. So if you had an ME, mental error in practice, it would be twice as much if you had one in a game. Okay. But all of it's finable. Practice, because that gets people to get on their P's and Q's, more well, efficient, right? Yeah, you keep throwing money out my wallet. Yeah, I'm going to you know, probably pay more attention. And, um, I mean, even if you passed gas in a meeting, that wow. was a okay. – I mean, I hate to say that, but, I mean, it's look, if you're in a room full of men and guys start stinking it up, you've got to have a way to discourage them from doing that. Okay. So you had a fine system. So you would have all this money that you would collect throughout the season, okay? And, JP, I've got a feeling you would be – putting a lot of money in just saying but if, i don't loaf <laughs> well, i'll say not, that okay i'm referring to but <laughs> you would have all this money that goes into this pool or pot okay and at the end of the year we used to have a positional party mm-hmm. in other words we would all defensive linemen and this started when i was in new york and we had the same thing here but you would take all that money and we would get car services and we would go and eat some of the best fine dining and 
in New York City could offer, and then we would have a night out afterwards. And the coach was included, not the head coach, the positional coach. Okay. And we would have a great time. So that all, so we, you know, for all the guys that had bloats and mental errors and all that kind of stuff, we would be eating on their dime. So you're, how are you going to equate this to the uh, the MAs that Urban was just talking about? I'm just saying is that if, if they, they don't if, have a if they the, if they don't have the fine system pot going, they need to institute it. You know, I'm going to fine you for having too many pens on the desk. Not possible. That's, that's a fifty dollar fine. That's called being prepared. That would actually fine. be a credit out of the pot. Ten dollars for every additional pen you don't need. On the I desk. have all these pens that are ready at the hand. One but blue, one red. But that that is. Accountability, it, it, it can't come, and this is seriously now, accountability in the NFL, it can come, you know, the coach can demand it and ask it and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the best kind of accountability comes from peers, from teammates. When, when teammates demand more of each other, that's when I think greatness can happen. You have to have, you know, I mean, you've been in there, obviously. Um, when you have players who have skins on the wall that have been at it for a long time in the NFL, mm-hmm. that are veteran players that have played at a high level, that goes a longer way than some young new player trying to be a leader all of a sudden, right? I mean, those guys it's, are, it's hard. are around for a while. It's hard for, for young. It's it's hard for young players to to be a leader because to be a leader in the, in the National Football League, you have to be you have to be a good player, good, and yeah. you have to be a proven player. It's very difficult. That's why I think it's very unique that Trevor Lawrence, which is inc- it's incredible that a rookie quarterback comes in the door and gets elected as the team captain. I mean, that, that, wow. I mean, that's big time now. I mean, that's really, it's big time. That's almost unheard of for that to happen. So, I mean, it's a credit to Trevor. But typically it takes players time to prove it to prove that they're a good player. And Trevor proved some of that during training camp, obviously. But still, you need to, you need to be a good player to be a leader. But, that, I mean, really, and, and I'm sure that part of the, the research that the coaching staff did is, is now trying to demand as much accountability as they can to eliminate mental errors, to eliminate mistakes or penalties or things that can be controlled because it, that's what costs you opportunities to win. But when you start having a system of accountability that comes from the players and you have great players that are demanding that accountability and you have great players that can execute, that's when you truly have the chance to be great. It's got to be one of the, the bigger differences, and I'm, I'm sure we'll hear from Urban on this coming up in the Urban Meyer Show, 5 o'clock, you know, practice schedule times. He talked about it a little bit on, on Monday. There's not a lot of practice time in the NFL, especially during the season. I mean, like the Friday practice is a walkthrough, basically, and then Wednesday's the big, big install day. But uh, there's no room for error during practice because you have to go use the reps that are there, at least the, the somewhat live reps in practice. And coming from college, I mean, that's a totally different realm in college now. Those guys are. Well, at you, it you, most we have of a union. Week. In, right. in the there's National rules. Football like, League, so there are rules, and I mean they, they, the rules actually go down to the exact amount of time that you're allowed to be on a football field yep. for a practice, the number of practices that you can have in pads, the number of uh, practices that you can have during the week, mm-hmm. are all it's all governed. I mean, there's but here, here's the thing that, and a lot of people want to use that as an excuse or a, a reason to point to, well, that's why we're not 
we're not doing good enough, and this is why we're you know we don't get the opportunity to get enough practice. We don't get them enough reps to be able to get guys. But no, because the rules are the same for everybody in the in the entire league. Absolutely. So there are other ways that you have to be creative. So the the time that you have in the National Football League, the meeting time, the practice time, the on the field time, the weight room time, all of that is literally. I mean, they have a clock on everything. So you have to utilize that clock to the best of your ability to maximize the benefit that you're going to get from the the amount of time that the players actually spend in the building. Now, there are also ways that outside or away from the building and off of that clock that a player can get better. That's where the Microsoft surfaces, the film study at home, those types of things that can happen. And, and that's also partly player-driven. I'll give you another example. Who is – in your opinion, JP. Mm, yes, Logs. This is a little trivia question. I can't wait here. for this. And this would put me on the spot. Joe's also available for this too. Okay. Tell me the greatest, one of the greatest defensive backs to ever play for the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, uh, Ronnie Lott. Absolutely. Safety. Okay. Without a doubt. Yeah. And, and Ronnie was my teammate in New York. Yeah. And I learned so much from Ronnie, and because when Ronnie came to us in New York, and this was in the era of. We had Bruce Coslett as our head coach. Pete Carroll was our defensive coordinator, who the Jaguars will face this week, the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. And they bring in Ronnie. And Ronnie was obviously towards the end of his career, but still a phenomenal player. But Ronnie taught us what it was like to, be, to, to do more than just what was on the clock. We didn't have any guidelines for us back then as far as the amount of time that you could spend or maximum amount of time that you could spend in the building. But Ronnie wanted guys to commit. And this is where I talk about about great players demanding more of their teammates makes a team get better. When Ronnie came in, Ronnie said, look, when we finish with practice, a lot of times you would see guys just start scouting out the building. They were gone. They would, you know, do the practice thing. We had meetings all morning, you have a quick lunch and then have practice, and then they might get a quick workout in and then out the building they go. You know, they want to get out of there. Ronnie's like, wait a minute, what, where's our film study at? I mean, this is a great opportunity. So Ronnie would literally go, and this was before teams had catered food and cafeterias and all this stuff. He went out and catered food service, bring in soul food and, and cater for the entire defense. That's nice. So we would have a catered dinner twice a week, and uh, I think it was on Wednesdays and Thursdays. And the food was excellent, excellent. And we would all stay and have dinner, you know, early dinner, and watch film together. I mean, that was what it was about. It was about getting guys to commit, getting guys to doing the extra kind of thing. And Ronnie was a big part of that and and uh, great player, great leader, and I learned a lot from him. Uh, let's come back in a moment and uh, get into a little more of the defensive talk. Urban touched on that a moment ago. We heard him talk about – Oh, maybe playing a little too much man defense and maybe moving more towards zone. And get sure. your thoughts on what that actually might look like moving ahead. Okay, well, if you forget to do that, I'm going to fine you. And that's going to go well, into our then we'll be even. accountability because of your We're 17 call that pins on the desk. The accountability pot. Yes, it is. I like it. This is the accountability episode of Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by TIAA Bank. 
turn potential into progress. And by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Tuesday afternoon. The bye week is over. It's on to Seattle for the Jacksonville Jaguars. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman coming up at 5 o'clock. It's the Urban Meyer Show with Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer. We'll get his thoughts on the bye week and uh, what they've done, what they've looked at, and uh, moving ahead toward the Seattle Seahawks. Jaguars game day broadcasts are presented by ViStar Credit Union, and the daily play schedule is starting to wind down now for the fall. Only two shows left on the schedule. Kane Brown, two nights, November 12th and 13th. These are rescheduled dates from last year. So uh, get your tickets, dailiesplace.com. It has been a great run at Daly's Place, and, and actually an all-time run. And all the folks over there that do um, the work in the ticketing department for Daly's, uh, Bobby and the security and the, the back inside, Jackie over there at Daly's Place, they have been working their – you don't want to talk about working their tails off. They had – it's one week they had like six shows in one week, night yeah. after night after night, load in, load out, in the morning, out late. I mean, it's like – Crazy, busy, busy, busy folks. Crazy, Crazy folks. Schedule. By the way, I was going to get them all in like a short window of time. I was asked during the commercial break, yeah. did did Ronnie Lott pay every day or yeah, every week? That for makes, the, that was a good point. Joe Fortunato brought this up. You know, you guys were just mooching off Ronnie Lott the whole time. You no, guys get no, paid no, no, too. No, no. We, yeah, no, we, uh, we, we shared responsibility with uh, that. I hope but, so. But typically, uh, I will say that, put it this way. If there was a guy on the team and he was making minimum, we you know he wasn't expected to buy dinner. Okay, yeah. usually the the guys that were making the big coin were the ones that would pay for something like that. Well, that's nice of you guys. Way to go, Logs. Well, I actually I wasn't making big coin <laughs> then. <laughs> I was come on first round pick. <laughs> of course you were. Yeah, but I mean JP, I, and this is kind of this is this is real. <laughs> Maybe not in leather helmet days. If you if you took. The first round pick money of 1989. <laughs> I know, I'm Seriously, and this is just for for people that had no clue. If you take the first round pick money for a, a first round pick in 1989, you would make more money now making minimum wage your first first four years in the NFL than you would if you were a first round pick in 1989. Yeah, which yeah. is tremendous. I mean, it's great. I mean, the league has grown and they're making more money, and it's becoming and has become bigger than ever. So. But you know the 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 thing about the the fine system, you know we had we even had, for example, we would put money in a pot for let's say, hey, first guy that causes a fumble in this game, and guys would throw in some money into that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you remember Bounty Gate? Uh, yeah. That I mean that's kind of what we had. It's a fine line though. You don't want to go that. Well, far. I know. I mean we I mean we had some pots that probably would have drawn some scrutiny back in the day for maybe a guy not finishing a game somehow or another but you know it yeah i mean is this like do we need to like lay you down on the couch and really get to to we're digging deep here on something today we're going a deep dive into the the fine system this might be a a dive but we don't need to go so deep on no i'm not going to go any deeper than that but i mean that seriously that and and the whole point that i bring this up is that is that when when stuff like that comes from the players, 
I mean, that's, that's what you want. I mean, you want guys that are motivated to perform and demanding more of their teammates and expecting more and try, you're trying to find creative ways to get guys to be motivated. I mean, that's, it's, it makes it fun. You know, it makes it fun because, you know, it gives you a reason. And to have, but and here's the other thing it does. Uh, <clears throat> for example, when, when we had Pete Carroll as our defensive coordinator, to, to use Pete Carroll's story, we, he had this thing, and it was called, he always called it the beaver. You know how, like, at you, the University of Miami, you got the big necklace, and if you get a turnover, you wear the, the big necklace? It's the turnover chain, yes. Okay, is that That's what right. it's called? Turnover That's what it's chain. called, yes. With Pete, when he was our defensive coordinator in New York, we had a stuffed animal that was a beaver. Okay. All right. And he chose the beaver because the beaver was the hardest working animal in the animal kingdom. And he always felt that getting takeaways, and this is kind of off the record. Yeah, okay. Seriously, well, it's on the record now. No, I know. But, it, but it, because the beaver was the hardest working animal in the animal kingdom – Getting takeaways and causing fumbles was actually because of hard work and attention. So, I mean, you can't cause a fumble so, unless you're going for the ball. Did you see Darius Leonard Saturday, Sunday night? Yes. Of the Indianapolis Colts? Right. Okay. Correct. So, we had a You don't stuff. get a forced fumble if you don't force the fumble. So, we would have Makes sense. pots every week for the beaver. Okay. So, whoever got the, you know, the cause yeah. fumble, they, they would you not get only to, get the pot, J.P., but you get to have would, that thing in your locker. No, it was it, it was, was around a rope. Your, you oh, would hang it. You would wear it like a like a necklace. Right. It was a it was a stuffed beaver. You guys, that that's good motivation. It's kind of embarrassing. Grown men were having a stuffed animal uh, for motivation to I, get a takeaway in a football game. No but, comment. I mean, it, Whatever works. It was just a point of emphasis with Pete. You know, hey, look, you know, it's a it's the hardest working animal. We want to be the hardest working animals. We want to be the ones that are going after the ball. It's about the ball. And then we th- instituted a little pot system to spice it up a little bit. But, but I will say that it got – we had a pot that kept rolling over because we had a couple of games because, you know, every week you would put more money into it. We had a game to where the pot got very large, and it was one of the worst tackling performances yeah, we've ever had. <laughs> Everybody was going for the, the daggum ball. <laughs> Tackle the guy. Oh, it was terrible. It. Nobody was going for the tackle. See? Everybody was trying to cause a fumble. Professional football is all about the money. It always is about the money. You I'm, would be surprised, JP. You yeah. can have guys making millions of dollars, and if you put the five hundred dollar pot, <laughs> you would be surprised at what they would do for a five hundred dollar cash <laughs> pot. <they> would. <laughs> you know, a little while back in this show, we, we heard from Urban Meyer and the defensive adjustments that they've seen over the bye week, looked at, and they're thinking about making and. He referenced the secondary and the coverage. You know, a lot of the year earlier, they thought they could be more man-to-man coverage. They had the personnel they thought earlier in the season. That has changed mm-hmm. a little bit since then. So you know, maybe it's more zone-oriented. They're using both anyway. What, what was the balance look before, and what could be the feel moving ahead? Again? Well, look, when, when you had the expectation of playing man, you were thinking, okay, we've got uh, a top-10 selection from last year in C.J. Henderson – and uh, he'll be good. We've got a second-round pick in Tyson Campbell. He'll be good. And then we've spent a ton of money in free agency on Shaq Griffin. He's going to be good. So now we've got three corners. Let's play man. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, well, a uh, couple things happened. Uh, C.J. didn't play to the level that you wanted him to. Uh, it looked like he was questioning his love for football. And then he got hurt, and then he got traded. So Okay, so there's one guy out, out, the, out the window. Uh, Tyson Campbell struggling a little bit, okay, and also injury. So you add 
those two things together, now you have another player probably not at the level that – and I believe he will get to a better level and a level that makes you very happy with him. But right now he's not there. And then Shaq Griffin is good. He's had some opportunities that he hasn't been able to take advantage of. That's correct. So when you when you have a certain level of expectation, you have to have the performance that also follows that to be able to execute man coverage. Because if you can't execute man coverage, and it's, this is no criticism, but the reality is, is that you have to have great players that can play man to play man. And if you don't have great players, then you have to be better at what I call – Team zone defense, which means keeping your eyes back to the quarterback and you're relying on watching and reading the eyes of the quarterback and reacting to route concepts and and attaching yourself to man coverage within a zone. I mean, there's a lot of ways to look at that, but that's what they have to do, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. There's many teams in the league that will like to play man, but they can't just because they don't have the personnel, and hopefully in the future – they will get the personnel to where they can run more man. But but let's not forget here, it's not like they're going to completely stay away from man coverage. No, they're still going to play both. They have to mix it in there. It's just, just, just changed, and it's already happened. They've already started playing a lot more yeah. zone. So it's just changing the mix of man and zone, the percentages of each. More zone, more eyes to the quarterback, too. Correct. And More also, opportunities for takeaways. And also, if you have a missed assignment or a missed coverage in zone, other people see it. So, for example, if me and you are – if we can get this, this two-shot here. Oh, great. So both of us are in the, okay. in the look here. Here we okay. are on TV. Okay, let's say I'm not here. Well, JP's eyes are – then Joe's the quarterback, which is behind the camera. Joe's the quarterback. Okay, yeah. you, you're going to – if all of a sudden I blow the coverage over here mm-hmm. – You've seen that the quarterback's throwing the ball over here, and you're as you're looking, you're going, "Oh my gosh, I got to help because that's going to be a completion over there." Well, if it's man, you're you get where's your back uh, to the quarterback? Exactly, I'm, I'm running downfield chasing you're, my guy. You're not going to see Joe see. throw the ball exactly. So by the time you f- see that the ball's over here, and I've blown my coverage, you don't have an opportunity to react, and so that's what zone does. It just gives you the opportunity to maybe minimize some of the damage. You're underestimating my reaction time. I must say that, Logs. Underestimating? You are underestimating. I, I can react. I would be very I surprised. react. <laughs> I can react. Well, with a microphone, you're great, JP. <laughs> yeah, that's but, what you know, I'm saying. To, to I don't zone coverage enough. Football. Mm-mm. But Mm-mm. I was, couldn't, couldn't do it. No, probably not. But, Actually, I mean, no, that's, look, that's, and, there's, and there's nothing wrong with this team going to more zone. But now the challenge is, is that, you know, you prepared all preseason to play more man. Well, now you're playing more zone. So you now also kind of have to start trying to teach or doing a, a – again, I don't want to say you're installing because you've already had it installed, but you have to make sure that you're teaching the concepts of the zone. And and it's not as easy to do that now because you're in the regular season and you have to install game plans. And, you know, it's hard to say let's, let's, get, get, let's get you a bunch of reps and cover two and three and four and five. I mean, look, you don't have the time to do all that. Yeah, and, I mean, not that this is a huge concern, but – you got defensive coordinator, Joe Cullen, right? 
you got three different secondary coaches as well, right? Nichols coach, corner coach, safety coach. So I mean, it's uh, just I mean, a just, lot of first people of all, involved. There, there's a lot of. I mean, they have a large, large, very large staff with yeah. Urban here. So I mean, there's it's plenty a lot of, of people involved. Plenty. Of, I mean, your teacher to student ratio, if you want to look at it from that aspect, is is very good. Yeah. Right. Uh, we'll come back in a moment and injury report right around the corner. We'll take a look at the AFC South results, the standings. And the upcoming schedules for all the AFC South teams, Logs. I know you'll look forward to that. Very much so. We'll see. We'll compare schedules. Um, okay. Coming up the next few weeks. How do we compare? We'll look at them on the screen. Okay. And talk through them on the well, radio. Maybe we were comparing like my schedule to your schedule, and I, I, I was kind of confused. There's no there. competition. Okay. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. And if you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. No wonder it's the official truck of the NFL and proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber, and veterans choose VA for the benefits you've earned Visit choose.va.gov. Jags and the Seahawks coming up in week eight. Lumen Field in Seattle, Washington. A 4.05 Eastern time kickoff. That means we'll be on the air at, uh, let's see, 1 o'clock with the public's tailgate show this Sunday. That means getting home very late. I'll be home early. I'll be, I'll oh, be you'll home. be home. Yeah, be fine. I know. Seven, I know. Eight, nine, probably I know. ten o'clock. You know, yeah, hey, we're comparing fine. schedules. Fine. You got an easy one. <laughs> yeah, I get it. You know. <laughs> that's easy. Okay, must be nice. All right, Logs. Well, NFL game. All that's all what good. we're doing. It's the NFL. It's all good. I, uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, I hope. What are you dressing up for? as Halloween, by the way. Uh, I have. I have. I've been told that I have to wear a set of Mickey Mouse ears oh. on Sunday. Okay. On Sunday. On Sunday, I, I have to wear. I was told that I have to wear a set of Mickey Mouse ears as a costume for game day. What about the rest of the? Uniform? So I will. The rest of the, I mean, Mickey didn't just wear mouse ears. I mean, Mickey has. Well, I tell you, I mean, I, you know, come on, now that would be something. Be. You showed up the whole in the booth suit? in Seattle with the whole suit on and everything. No, I can't do that. Yeah, but you I, can. I, come I, on, I promised. My lovely daughter that I would wear the mouse ears for the game. No, we'll have as photographic as evidence is the only thing that can as, make make that true. As long as it doesn't interfere with wearing the headset. Well, we'll work on that. We can work. So on we'll that. We can work. See. We can we'll work around. See how the ears fit and headset fit, and then we'll go from there. Time now for the Baptist Health Injury Report. Changing health care for good. We take a look at what Urban uh, said last week. Barch, Campbell, Jack uh, should be back to action this week. We'll hear what uh, Coach has to say coming up in just a little bit on the Urban Meyer Show. Injured reserve official names still Chark, Linder, Can, O'Shaughnessy, ETN, and Terry Godwin, the wide receiver. But uh, there you are. You know, the bye week. It's week seven, going on week eight. You got some guys dinged up a little bit. Give them an extra week off and, you know, maybe come back in the Seattle game with at least closer to a full assortment of of personnel than you've had in a week or two. Yeah, and it'll, it's, uh, you know, with Bartsch getting him back because A.J. is still on IR, that will be big, and hopefully he gets back from the concussion protocol. I guess that's what he was in. That's right. Uh, with the bye week, he should be fine, or at least you hope he's fine. 
Tyson coming back from the toe. That I think that's going to be interesting because it looked like a struggle the last few weeks. For yeah, because you know they kind of warmed him up a little bit before. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure Cincinnati what they did. Game, in, right? Did well, it was the uh, he warmed up before the Cincinnati. No, it was game. at home. It was okay. a home, home game. I'm trying to think of the home game. Cardinals. Before. No. No, anyway. it was it was the home game right before London. Who was that against? Tennessee. Tennessee. The Tennessee game. He went out there and warmed up. And they were kind of right. checking in, and he did not look anywhere near ready to go. And then I don't know how that worked. Did they leave him home? Did he even travel to London? I'm not sure. Uh, but he was inactive for that game. And so uh, you got to be careful with a toe or a foot with a guy that uh, who makes a living running the ball or running a lot and chasing the ball. And uh, there's ways to do that. They actually a uh, couple different things that they can do to help a toe. And I don't know if it's turf toe or whatever, but to help feet and toes overall, they put metal plates in your shoe. Uh, some, if it's like a toe, they'll use like what they call a half a plate. So the front half of your shoe will have like a little metal plate under the the insole. And so what that does is it kind of restricts the amount of bending that that's happening with the toes. And then, how do you even run around like that, though? You would be. I mean, it gives you. It still has a little flexibility. It just doesn't make the shoe like you know twist and super turn. Flexible. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. And then if, uh, and in some cases, guys wear what they call a full little metal plate insole, which goes all the way from the toe to the heel. Mm-hmm. Which it's like like I said, it still has some flexibility, but it just stiffens up the whole foot area. So. And I'm sure that that be a combination of that and then taping the toe to support it or whatever. I'm sure that they will try to do. But you got to be careful with that because if you keep agitating it, then it's going to be something that can be, I don't want to say chronic to where it's an issue the, oh, yeah. every week, but it could be a problem to, that lasts. So you want to make sure you get kind of, you want to get it behind you. Yeah, you, anything with your feet, you're running around the whole game. You can't have bad feet and run around. No, I know that's a deep thought. Well, it's a real deep thought, but no, but, so, no, but you're right. Sense. I mean, look, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that you would rather hurt as a football player than other than something on your on your foot. Yeah, because seriously, you you can't do anything. Well, and here's the thing: if you want to rest it, what do you do? I mean, you have to walk, you have to stand. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, it's kind of hard for like a shoulder. Okay, I'm just going to not do anything with my shoulder for a day or two. Okay, that's fine. Well, guess what? With a foot. If you're walking, yeah, you you are putting pressure and stressing that foot, that injured area. So, it's, so I was uh, right. Yeah, that I can tell you that uh, in in uh, in my in my career, the one of the worst ones that I ever had mm. was it was a uh, two of them. One was a Liz Frank, and the other one was plantar fasciitis. And I mean, it's it's like crippling, and it's incredibly hard to be able to play the game when your feet are not feeling good that's i can tell you that shoulders and all that other stuff i can find ways to to fight through it but when when your dogs are barking it's hard bow wow let's get to the afc south results from uh, this past weekend of course the jaguars were off the titans hammered the chiefs and i mean dominated the chiefs 27 to 3 was the final derrick henry had a touchdown pass in the game the who, king, who, they call it the king cat play. Who has more giveaways in the National Football League more than the Jaguars? That would be the Chiefs. That's exactly right. The Cardinals destroyed the Texans 31-5. to 
And uh, that's the first time that score has ever been scored in the NFL in any game. 31 to 5. Cardinals outgained them 397 to 160. Yeah, Texans are a mess, and yep. it's a shame you lost to them in week one. It is. Uh, Colts over the 49ers 30 to 18. Taylor had a big day rushing over 100 yards, a touchdown. Pittman receiving over 100 and a touchdown. Well, and Carson Wentz is playing better. I mean, that's, what, that's probably the big story there. I mean, Carson Wentz was, uh, first of all, gets traded out of Philadelphia after given a long-term contract. Many people thought that this was the next great quarterback in the league then. Mm-hmm. He was a legitimate MVP candidate was, a few years ago. It was good. And then he got hurt. Yes, he and did. And then uh, didn't play in the Super Bowl. And, of course, Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl. And then it was kind of all downhill from that point for Carson Wentz. And so he goes to Indianapolis with Frank Reich to resurrect his career. And he gets hurt there. And can he play? Well, he does. And – and he actually looked better on Sunday night. I don't want to say he looked great, but he looked better. So, all right, can he can he resurrect his career and get back to where he was at? I, I don't know if he can or not, but he's he's playing better than he did in Philadelphia. Let's take a look now at the AFC South standings after all of that action in Week Number Seven, and of course, it's Tennessee's division right now. They're five and two, two and zero oh in the division. Indy three and four. Jacksonville now out of the cellar logs. Their third place, one and five, a half game better now than Houston at one and six. Well, that's just because they. I know why it is, but game. hey, don't don't just just in just look, just enjoy it. Okay. It's okay. Not it, that's, okay. it doesn't matter how. Right. Now you just got to stay there and keep moving up. Well, you, you hope, you hope. But uh, I'm not too sorry to be Debbie Downer, but I was just pointing Your glass out is half empty that right there now. are six games played by this team and everybody else in the division I mean, has played seven because there are some people probably going, how in the world can the Jaguars be third in the division when they don't have a division win? And the Texans do. It's, they have one extra loss in the Jags. That's, that's how. That's the reason why. Because You're the just Jaguars throwing dirt played. on top of the Jags, Logs. That's what it sounds like no, to no. me. I don't do that to my team. No. <laughs> Let's take a look I'm at a the up- upcoming schedules in the AFC South the next five weeks or so. Let's see. we got uh, a couple of games against the Rams. Buffalo's in there a couple times against teams. The Jaguars are at Seattle. Buffalo at home at Indy. Well, San just, Francisco and Atlanta. Real quick, focus on yeah. the Jaguars' schedule. Okay, Seattle has a quarterback situation that's not good. They're yes. not playing good football on offense. That's a that's a totally winnable game. Buffalo's very good though, and then that their place will be tough. Indianapolis is playing good football. San Francisco, there's some question marks in San Francisco now, and the Atlanta Falcons are. I mean, they got a great tight end by the way, who is amazing. He's fantastic, Kyle Pitts. No wonder. And but uh, overall as a team, they're not great. But that tight end is really good. Yes, he is. Really good. When I, and he's wearing a number eight, mm-hmm. and he looks like a wide receiver. Yeah, well, he yes. Kyle Pitts is a – He's fantastic. There's a reason why he's the highest ref to tight end ever and, uh, in league history. He's fun to watch. I can tell you that will be a great challenge to cover him, and it's interesting to see how people treat him. How do you how do you cover him? Do you cover him with a linebacker? You can't. Unless you got a linebacker that can run legitimate 4 4 4 5. I want to put a couple of guys on him. Okay, so what do you put a defensive back on them? I mean, so that's going to be a challenge for yeah. any team that faces the Atlanta Falcons. The uh, Texans, uh, not a good football team. It doesn't really matter who's on their schedule. Okay. They're going to struggle with anybody. Yep. The Colts, a good football team, and they're going to have this a great division matchup coming up this weekend. Tennessee at Indianapolis, that's a very good game. Uh, 
the Jets, uh, not great. And then you got the Jaguars, Indianapolis, Buffalo, Tampa Bay. That's a loss right there. And uh, Tennessee has the New England Patriots, Houston. Those are two winnable games, young quarterback situations. Saints, Rams, and and the Colts. Uh, so it's, it'd be pretty good. We'll see what happens. We shall see. But this week is a a winnable game in Seattle. I like that. We'll come back in a moment and see what the head coach thinks about it. Head coach Urban Meyer coming up next. The Urban Meyer Show right around the corner. This has been Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. 